Thank you so much for that beautiful rendition of the words of William Miller. What a wonderful day of hope we have to look forward to. I hope each of us are fixing our minds on that beautiful day that will come in the very near future. It's a great privilege to be with the ASI convention. And I want to thank you for your prayers. You don't know how many people, as I have wandered the halls, have mentioned to me, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I want to tell you that means an enormous amount to Nancy and to me and to your world church. ASI is one of God's great missionary organizations that is a tremendous blessing to the entire world church and its outreach for the Seventh-day Adventist church. You just saw a beautiful demonstration of the cooperative endeavor that we are accelerating between supporting ministries and the denominational entities. I want you to know that the General Conference appreciates you as members of ASI. And we're delighted with your strong supportive activities reflecting the many supporting ministries that make up this dynamic organization. Your emphasis on soul winning through the power of the Holy Spirit is how God wants you to work, sharing Christ in the marketplace. Your support of so many evangelistic outreach projects are thrilling. Projects such as the One Day Church, the One Day School, and so many other marvelous projects. Recently, it was a privilege to attend the ASI Europe Convention in Constance, Germany, and to see hundreds of dedicated, energized, spirit-filled church members who want to experience revival and reformation and a renewed mission emphasis for the evangelistic outreach on the European continent. Please pray for our brothers and sisters in Germany and in Europe. Pray for them. Plead with the Lord for a renewed sense of mission to proclaim the three angels' messages with power in that secular and materialistic society. There are millions of people in Europe and, yes, all over the world who are waiting for Seventh-day Adventists to stand up, speak out, and share the precious biblical message of Revelation 14. Now, the giving of those three angels' messages is the reason God has raised up the Seventh-day Adventist movement. We have a mandate from heaven to preach the everlasting gospel and Christ's righteousness, to boldly proclaim the fall of Babylon's apostate religion, and to warn the world not to receive the mark of the beast, but instead be sealed with the seal of God's everlasting mark of authority, the Seventh-day Sabbath. Brothers and sisters here at ASI and those watching around the world, we have the great privilege as a church body to belong to a heaven-born Advent movement. We belong to the Seventh-day Adventist church, God's remnant church. A church that has been called by God at the end of time for a unique purpose. A church that has gone through challenging times in the past and will go through very challenging times ahead according to Bible prophecy and the writings of the spirit of prophecy. A church that does not rely on traditions or human reasoning, but relies completely on the Word of God as its sole foundation and the living Word, Jesus Christ. A church that does not derive its power from itself, 
but accepts fully the admonition of the Lord in Zechariah 4.6, which says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I like your theme for the 2011 ASI convention. Inspired to finish strong. Inspired by God the Father. Inspired by God the Son. Inspired by God the Holy Spirit. The three persons of the Godhead in one who are from everlasting and are everlasting. God wants his church to finish strong as has been prophesied that it will. John records in Revelation chapter 2, chapter 21, verses 1 to 3. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. True and faithful. God has promised. His words are true and faithful. That his church, under his personal direction, will finish strong. His church will finish strong through his grace and through his power. You will finish strong through his power. This is not just a hyperbole or triumphalism. This is biblical truth. On that great and wonderful day, when we all look forward to seeing the culmination of the blessed hope we will see Jesus appear with power and glory. The blessed hope that will finish strong. Matthew records in chapter 25, verse 31, that when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Christ will come in power to claim his remnant people. This is God's remnant church. And through God's power, it will finish strong. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day when I will see my parents again. And you will see those who have died in Christ because the great blessed hope is just before us. Now, how is it that we can humbly claim to be God's remnant church? There are those, even Seventh-day Adventists, who would dispute that we are the remnant church. Some may say, well, we're a part of the remnant. Perhaps others might say, well, the remnant is yet to come. My brothers and sisters, in order to say that God's church will finish strong, we need to know who we are, and why we are here as an Advent movement. We need to understand our special calling from the Lord. We don't say any of this in a self-centered, egotistical manner, but we say it in humility, indicating that we fulfill the qualifications of God's remnant people who know that the church will finish strong. Now, God's told us in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 7, page 138, that Seventh-day Adventists have been chosen by God as a peculiar people, separate from the world. He has made them his representatives and called them to be ambassadors for him in the last work of salvation. 
the greatest wealth of truth ever entrusted to mortals, the most solemn and fearful warnings ever sent by God to man have been committed to them. That's to you and to me. To be given to the world. But do we believe that? How can we understand this from scripture? A few years ago at a meeting, a large, rather large meeting, uh, many people attending, I uh, had a very bright and intelligent person come to my supper table as I was eating and asked a challenging question. He asked me what my greatest challenge was. And I thought for a moment and then I responded by indicating that probably one of the greatest challenges that we face, that I face, was to keep the vision alive in the Seventh-day Adventist church that we are a unique movement. Well, he kind of looked at me and he said, uh, really? Are we? Are we really a, a unique movement? He said, I I'm a Christian first and, and then I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Well, I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, of course we are Seventh-day Adventist Christians. We are part of the Christian community. But I want to tell you that we have a special task that others are not doing. Well, this particular gentleman proved my point right then and there. He didn't seem to think that we were unique. Who are we as a special movement? Are we better than other people? Of course not. We're all in need of Christ's justifying and sanctifying power. We are in need of revival and reformation through the Holy Spirit that will lead to the outpouring of the latter rain. We're indebted to Christ for salvation and his all-encompassing grace and righteousness. But we are a unique movement. People of the book, a prophetic movement, people who believe in the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, people who understand those books from the historicist viewpoint. We are not preterists, those who assign the events predicted in the Bible to a singular event in the distant past. No, we're not preterists. We're not futurists who assign prophetic events as having some place in the distant future and have no relevance to history, either current or past. We are historicists who understand that the seven churches, for example, of Revelation 2 and 3, represent not only historical places, but periods of church history represented by the characteristics of those original churches. We believe in the prophetic landmarks throughout history which were predicted before they happened and led us to an understanding of who we are and where we are in Earth's history. You see, it helps to know that we are living in the very end of those toes in Daniel chapter 2 and that the next event will be the stone appearing that was cut without hands representing Jesus' soon second coming. Daniel 8.14 tells us exactly what happened in 1844 and that the sanctuary message which is replete in scripture is a powerful and meaningful message for the world throughout time and even more so during these end time days of this earth. The sanctuary message of God's plan of salvation, how Christ, our high priest, is interceding for us in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary at this very time. It is one of the most precious biblical beliefs that needs to be shared fully with the world. Christ is our creator, our redeemer, as the humble broken lamb on the cross, our example, our high priest, and our coming king. The sanctuary message shares it all. Brothers and sisters, we're living in the most incredible time 
in Earth's history. We've been called to proclaim God's incredible message of salvation through Christ and his righteousness. And we need to know who we are if we are to deliver that message with Holy Spirit power. Now, there are many biblical texts which give us a picture of who we are as a unique movement that will finish strong. But I want to tell you, there is one text that identifies us so clearly it cannot be misunderstood. It is the great identifier. It is the caller ID of the biblical prophecy. Just as your cell phone or your home phone can identify the calling number and name, in some cases, of those calling you, giving you the opportunity to decide whether or not you want to take that call, so the Bible in Revelation chapter 12 verse 17 identifies God's remnant church or people at the end of time. That marvelous text tells us who we are. It reads, and the dragon, that's Satan, was wroth or angry with the woman, the church, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now verse 9 tells us that the dragon is Satan. Verses 1 and 2 identify the woman as God's church. Verse 4 tells us of the war against God's church and Jesus Christ who is then caught up to God and his throne. But who are the remnant? the remnant of her seed. God's last day church will consist of people with two characteristics. Those who keep the commandments of God and secondly, they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That first characteristic of keeping the commandments of God means all the commandments of God including the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now those who are part of the remnant church will keep through the power of God, not as a legalistic, self-initiated, pull yourself up by the bootstraps type of religion, but through the power of God, they will keep not just a few of the commandments, not even nine of the commandments, but all ten of the commandments. The fourth commandment about God's holy Sabbath is a sign of God's creative and redemptive power. It is a sign that he alone is the creator who recently, and let me underscore the word recently, created this earth in six literal days and capped the marvelous and miraculous process with the seventh day Sabbath as a day in which to specifically remember that he did create by the word of his mouth. The Sabbath is not only a sign of God's power, but it will be a seal placed upon us as his people, God's mark in the universe and on us. In the very last days during the most difficult times of persecution, and yes, brothers and sisters, that time will come. During that period of time, stand fast for God's Bible Sabbath. Finish strong through God's power. Don't let anything deter you from faithfully adhering to God's only true day of worship, the seventh day Sabbath. When you worship on this very day, on which we are worshiping in this auditorium in Sacramento, you testify to the world that God is the omnip omnipotent creator who accomplished this work through his power and not through an evolutionary process. Amen. We are to preach this, to teach this, Amen. and believe this. Amen. Don't let anyone and I mean anyone, intimidate you into believing that this is an outmoded, uneducated, or unsophisticated belief. 
The belief in a literal six-day creation week with the Sabbath as the weekly memorial of God's creative power is very much a major part of the final characteristics of God's remnant church. Let me also indicate that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all participated in the literal creation of this world. They are the Godhead, three in one, and have existed since eternity and will exist throughout eternity. They are omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and everlasting. Three distinct eternal persons, one God, our almighty God. We're Seventh-day Adventists. Don't ever forget that. We are a unique people with a unique message. In Selected Messages, Book 2, page 397, we read, I am instructed to say to Seventh-day Adventists the world over, God has called us as a people to be a peculiar treasure unto himself. He has appointed that his church on earth shall stand perfectly united in the spirit and counsel of the Lord of hosts to the end of time. Now that second characteristic listed in Revelation 12:17 is that God's remnant church will have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1 verses 2 and 9 talk about the testimony of Jesus. Revelation 14:12 talks about the patience of the saints who keep the commandments and the faith of Jesus. And Revelation chapter 19 verse 10 plainly indicates and tells us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Here we have a clear indication from the Bible that the remnant church will have a special voice that God will provide, which is the spirit of prophecy. This is a mark of the remnant. Now, I believe that God spoke through Ellen G. White as a fulfillment of Revelation 12:17 to provide God's instructions to his last day remnant church. And I want to thank you for the support that you are giving in your offering towards a special project for the white estate and the spirit of prophecy. Now, as I've said before, and I will say it many times into the future as long as God gives me breath, I believe the spirit of prophecy, the writings of Ellen White, the spirit of prophecy is one of the greatest gifts given to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. There are many who attack the spirit of prophecy. And we shouldn't be at all surprised. The spirit of prophecy contains direct counsel and truth which the devil does not want available to people. Listen to this, Selected Messages, Book 1, page 48. It indicates that Satan is constantly pressing in the spurious, that which is not correct, to lead away from the truth. The very last deception of Satan will be to make of none effect the testimony of the Spirit of God. There will be a hatred kindled against the testimonies which is satanic. The workings of Satan will be to unsettle the faith of the churches in them for this reason. All right, here it is. Satan cannot have so clear a track to bring in his deceptions and bind up souls in his delusions if the warnings, our reproofs, and counsels of the Spirit of God are heeded. If they are heeded, then of course he has lost. That is why currently there are so many attacks against the Spirit of Prophecy. That's why people simply choose not to read the instructions. But this is one of the two important characteristics of the remnant church according to Revelation 12, 17. This is part of the caller ID of who we are. Now listen to Ellen White's plea 
for Revival and Reformation and the Latter Reign explained in Testimonies, Volume 8, pages 297 to 298. The Lord calls for a renewal of the straight testimony born in years past. He calls for a renewal of spiritual life. The spiritual energies of his people have long been torpid. We don't use that word very often, do we? Just kind of means it's not there much. But there is to be a resurrection from apparent death. By prayer and confession of sin, we must clear the king's highway. As we do this, the power of the Spirit will come to us. We need the Pentecostal energy. This will come, for the Lord has promised to send his Spirit as the all-conquering power. Perilous times are before us. Everyone who has a knowledge of the truth should awake and place himself, body, soul, and spirit under the discipline of God. We must follow the directions given through the spirit of prophecy. We must obey, love and obey the truth for this time. This will save us from accepting strong delusions. Let me stop here for a moment, brothers and sisters. Those delusions will not only come in the future, they are present right now. I'm continuing now, quoting, God has spoken to us through his word, the Bible. He has spoken to us through the testimonies to the church, the spirit of prophecy, and through the books that have helped to make plain our present duty and the position that we should now occupy. Now, what is the position that we should now occupy? Is it that we are the remnant of her seed? We are a unique movement of destiny. We are to proclaim Christ's great message of warning and salvation found in the three angels' messages of Revelation 14. We are not to allow anything to distract us from our mission that will finish strong. God has called us to proclaim this last day message with power. The three angels' messages must be on our lips and presented in love. Brothers and sisters, don't beat people over the head with the gospel. Love them into the church. I'm thankful for the great support that ASI in the massive evangelistic outreach activities of the church worldwide are providing to his remnant people. I ask for your continued support for all of our plans, the overall plan, the evangelistic plan of tell the world. All these plans are based on our humble submission to the Lord and built on the foundation of revival and reformation in our personal lives and the life of the church as a body. Let us never forget that anything we accomplish is only done by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now one of the aspects of the Tell the World project is the Great Controversy Project. Pastor Baker shared that with you during Sabbath school today. And I request that you give your full support to this magnificent project. This is a result of that second characteristic of God's caller ID in Revelation 12:17, which indicates that his remnant church will have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The Great Controversy Plan, which has been accepted by the World Church, asks church members to read or reread the Great Controversy during this year of 2011. Nancy and I are reading it, and it is so powerful. Then in 2012 and 2013, a massive distribution of that book is going to take place around the world in an incredible evangelistic opportunity. Various editions are going to be used. Bible study cards or imprinted websites will be included to take readers to resources where they can take Bible studies, download biblical information, and if needed, download the entire book, connect with Seventh-day Adventist television networks, and find truth-filled Bible information. Some have asked, well, why distribute the great controversy? I mean, it's really not that politically correct today. Why not distribute Steps to Christ or The Desire of Ages? 
I think it would be great to distribute those books. I love those books. They're wonderful books. But the fact is that Ellen White herself said that she wished the great controversy circulated more than any other book she had written. It tells the story of the Christian church from the beginning to the end. It tells how God's remnant church will finish strong only through God's power. It has been exciting to see the world divisions and the church membership around the world become so excited about this project. We'd set a goal of 50 million, as Pastor Baker said, to be distributed. Most of these books worldwide will be personally given to friends and to relatives and neighbors and others. Now, I had a personal prayer goal of 100 million. The latest estimated total of the classic and abridged versions reported from the divisions at this time and undoubtedly the total will go much higher is now approximately 127 million and counting. And that doesn't include any of the projected internet-generated downloads. God has inspired his people around the world to spread the three angels' messages with power. You know, I received a lovely note the other day from a sister in uh, Anderson, South Carolina. I don't know her, but she said, I am rereading the great controversy, and I know that you said you want to, in 2011 and 2013, flood the earth with it. She indicated in her little note that she and her husband planned to send it to over 200 people. She said... As Mrs. White said, of all her books, this is the one she would want everyone to have, and it is the very one Satan did not want printed. May God continue to bless you and Mrs. Wilson and your staff as we all press forward to the kingdom. I am a fourth-generation Seventh-day Adventist, and I praise God for that. I don't know how I was so blessed. My brothers and sisters, we are all blessed to be Seventh-day Adventists and participate in the proclamation of the great Advent message. On Sabbath, March 24, 2012, I plan to spend the day in Sao Paulo in Brazil where they plan to pass out on that Sabbath alone three million copies in that city and 18 million copies that Sabbath throughout the South American division. Last Sabbath, I was at the Hendersonville, North Carolina church where I shared appreciation to that particular church and one of its members for helping to start this great project which has now encompassed the globe. Let us never forget that we are one great global family in Christ and one part can affect the whole church family. Brothers and sisters, reread the great controversy this year and next year join the world family in distributing the great controversy like the leaves of autumn. I want to share another enormous initiative that God has placed on our hearts. This October at the annual council we're going to be unveiling by God's grace the most comprehensive urban evangelism initiative in the history of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. It is to be an ongoing, sustained program until the Lord returns. Half of the world's population now lives in the urban centers of the world. At times, our big city evangelism has been spasmodic. Much has been done, and we give God the glory to those who have participated. But Many times with large evangelistic campaigns, sometimes those are followed by months and even years of silence. The spirit of prophecy model is very different and involves a sustained, biblical, and compassionate approach to doing urban evangelism. This model is best described as comprehensive urban evangelism with the emphasis on comprehensive. The model includes establishing working units, centers of influence, and activities in the cities 
that use the skills and gifts of local churches, young people, small groups, medical missionary workers, pastors, social workers, literature evangelists, and all the available media platforms. The church needs to develop comprehensive and sustainable programs for evangelizing the cities of the world. We must not have one big evangelistic program once in a while and then forget the people of the cities. We must work in a united, sustained work to accomplish God's plan for the cities as outlined in the spirit of prophecy. God's servant has indicated in medical ministry, page 304, the following. There is no change in the messages that God has sent in the past. The work in the cities is the essential work for this time. When the cities are worked as God would have them, the result will be the setting in operation of a mighty movement such as we have not yet witnessed. And that movement has yet to come. I want to be part of it. Do you? For those of you who may hear my sermon on October 8th this year at the annual council, you're going to hear much more about comprehensive urban evangelism. Now, another highly important component of comprehensive urban evangelism and our church work for the future is what is termed in the spirit of prophecy, medical missionary work. This is a marvelous work that encompasses everything from sharing simple health principles and a loaf of whole wheat bread with friends and neighbors all the way to clinics and health centers. However, much of medical missionary work focuses on what local church members can do to help people find physical, mental, social, and spiritual health. It also involves Seventh-day Adventist health professionals working in a blended ministry with pastors and spiritual health. It also involves health professionals working in a blended ministry with these workers. We will have a committee to be chaired by Mark Finley to work on this vital initiative to unveil a comprehensive medical missionary work program and plan at the 2012 Annual Council. We will look forward to working closely with ASI-supporting medical missionary ministries. God has promised that as we follow his counsel and his ways, that his work will prosper and we will finish strong. However, the devil does everything he can to deter God's people from following biblical counsel. He brings in every possible aberration and confusing idea that are gonna, that's going to throw God's people off track. Now, I felt convicted in the past weeks, and I feel convicted for the future to speak out in a stronger way about certain subjects that, in my opinion, are removing us from God's mission for this remnant church. Things that will take us out of the position to which God has called us. Let me briefly share just a few of them with you. Number one, guard against mystical beliefs and practices that are finding their way into the church through formats like spiritual formation and the emerging church. The basis of much of this is an emphasis on the experiential and emotional rather than a strong foundation on the Word of God. Read helpful information on this subject in the current Adventist Review, which many of you have received, an ASI special. It was passed out here at the convention. And note in particular a two-page article by Mark Finley. And watch for more material in the very near future on this very important subject. I ask you to read the Adventist Review. Bill Knott and his professional staff produce a magazine that can benefit you spiritually in a very positive way. Number two. Stay away from the mystical forms of prayer, such as contemplative prayer, prayer labyrinths, 
repetitive prayer using one word or certain phrases or centering prayer that seems to have become popular but leads to the occult since in many cases all thoughts are eliminated from your mind thus allowing the evil one to invade rather than have a simple and humble prayer of sharing your concerns with the Lord. Number three, resist worship styles and music that have more to do with self-centered entertainment than a humble worship of God. We have to recognize that we have many different cultures in the church and styles of worship in our worldwide church. I accept that and you should also. But everything that is done should bring glory to God and not to the participants. Whether it be the preachers, musicians, or everyone participating. We need to focus on worshiping God and elevating and not elevating self. We should lift, I should say, worship and music should lift us to the throne room of heaven. I don't wish to offend anyone. And this is my personal opinion. But if music sounds like it belongs to a hard rock concert or a nightclub, it should stay there. This week's Sabbath school lesson by the principal contributor, Rosalie H. Zinke, has some very helpful points. In Thursday's section, it said, what is important for worship music is that it point us to the noblest and the best, which is the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Swartz, for teaching the lesson this morning. And to Cliff Goldstein, whom I saw here in the audience, for editing our lessons. Number four. And this is a little sensitive, but I want you to understand it completely. Avoid the practice, and I speak to our church leaders locally and in our organized entities. Avoid the practice of inviting major spiritual speakers who are not Seventh-day Adventists Avoid having them speak to church meetings, men's meetings, women's meetings, retreats, pastoral meetings, youth meetings, and large convocations. Now, I want, I want you to fully understand what I'm saying. I am not talking about refusing or not inviting civic, government, or religious leaders to attend a meeting. We need to make friends with these people. We need to share our faith with them. But what I am talking about is asking them to give a major spiritual presentation where they probably simply do not have the concept of the great controversy theme. I want to tell you that we certainly can learn from others who are not members, and we should encourage them in their own walk with the Lord to find truth. However, we need to be very proactive in requesting humble, Bible-centered, Seventh-day Adventist speakers to instruct our church members in fully understanding God's great biblical messages for this time. Amen. Brothers and sisters of ASI, if we want to finish strong, we must focus upon Jesus Christ, upon his righteousness and his almighty word. As in the Protestant Reformation, the Bible must become our foundation. The spirit of prophecy indicates that God never intended for the Protestant Reformation to end with Martin Luther, but that we were to continue that great reformation. 
I'll never forget visiting recently the Wartburg Castle in Germany, where Martin Luther was sequestered for almost a year for his own personal protection and to protect him from personal pride. Read about the details in the Great Controversy. While Martin Luther was there, God led him to translate the New Testament from Greek to German in 10 weeks using 16 different German dialects effectively creating the official German language. The printing press, which had just been invented, God's plan, became the vehicle to place the Bible in the hands of the common people and allow them to more fully understand their relationship with God. Let's use these Bibles in our hands to fully understand God's mission for the Seventh-day Adventist Church and through His power, finish strong. Amen. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming soon. And His church will finish strong. The signs of Christ's return are all around us, ever-increasing natural disasters, political challenges that elude answers, economic misery based on greed, social and moral decay, and ecumenical advances that will deny us religious freedom. I just want to add or indicate that we should support all organizations and any effort to increase religious liberty and freedom, but not align ourselves with any organization that will neutralize our ability to proclaim the three angels' messages and finish strong. Amen. Let us focus upon Christ and his soon return. In the beautiful book, In Heavenly Places, page 127, we read, The more we behold Christ, talk of his merits, and tell of his power, the more fully we shall reflect his image in our own characters, and the less we shall submit our minds and affections to the paralyzing influences of the world. The more our minds dwell upon Jesus, the less they will be enveloped in the fog of doubt, and the more easily shall we lay all our trials, all our burdens, upon the burden bearer. How many of you today wish to lay your trials and your burdens upon Jesus? How many of you wish to rededicate your lives and yourselves to Christ and his saving power? How many of you want to reaffirm your belief that this is God's remnant church with a unique message based on God's caller ID of Revelation 12, 17. How many wish to proclaim this precious Advent message through the power of the Holy Spirit so that God's church will finish strong? If you do, would you quietly join me in standing in commitment before the Lord? Amen. We won't prolong our service too much longer, but I want to invite each of you to seal this commitment in prayer. I'd like you to take one minute each Turn to the person next to you, and while we stand, to pray together. It's a marvelous thing to pray together, and to seal our commitment to the Lord to be part of this great Advent movement, God's remnant church, that is going to proclaim his three angels' messages with power, with latter rain power, as we humble ourselves before him. I invite you to pray together and then I will close as Rodney continues to play during our prayer. Remain standing at the end of our prayer session so that we can join in singing 
a marvelous Seventh-day Adventist hymn. I invite you to turn to the person next to you now. Seal that commitment in prayer. Now, Father in heaven, we thank you for hearing us. We thank you for calling us. We thank you for empowering us. We thank you for the promise of your soon return. Help us not to keep it to ourselves. Help us not to glory in what we think we know as opposed to others. Help us to humbly submit to you. Help us to be revived and to be reformed. Help us to plead with the Lord for the Holy Spirit power at seven o'clock in the morning, at seven at night, or any time during the day. Lord, let your people be united in that one goal to see the world enlightened with truth and Jesus return. Now bless our commitment to you today. Bless ASI like never before. Thank you for each one of them, many of them serving in such self-sacrificing ways. Lord, we commit them and all of us as a world church into your hands. Lord, we know that at the very end, your church, not through our might or our power, but through your power, that your church will finish strong. Thank you for that promise. And Lord, be with us now, and may we never lose our connection with you as you take us into the last days of Earth's history. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.